4: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And fight hoping wow! Bring oh Kane goes for
1: it!
5: Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane! Here's Lucas Moura.
0: Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Romero
1: scores for Tottenham Hotspur. Song goes on and scores.
5: Well-played, remarkably. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a midweek edition. Whereas you guys know by now, no actual midweek game to review, but we keep on rolling on the last word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Audio Boom. Real on your different audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter. At last one on Spurs we're on Facebook and Instagram too and also we're delighted to be live on YouTube I know it's tough tonight you've got Champions League but you've got last one on Spurs surely there's only one outcome right I'm delighted to be joined by three great guests one debutant as well on the last one on Spurs back alongside me we're trying to balance it in between his fitness regime we've got the brilliant Jemmy Brown over at the
3: Daily Hotspur Jay lovely to be back on how are you? I'm all good, thank you, Ricky. Yeah, we were speaking off air about kind of Spurs playing once every week. I mean, it's um, you know, especially after that that Brentford game and you know, such a disappointing result. It's it's weird. I think we kind of were are looking forward to having one game a week, but uh, yeah, it kind of leaves us you know having to wait for the next one after such a depressing performance. But uh, no, it's again, you know, Spurs always giving us something to talk about when they're not playing, and of course with all the contest stuff. And uh, so yeah, obviously plenty of stuff to discuss tonight.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And delighted to also be joined by two also great guests alongside us. First up, listen, we had him on during the season as well. You won't he'll be familiar familiar face by now. Hopefully we've
4: got the presenter, Capital, of course. Rob Howard joins us. Rob, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, I was, um, as we were saying, like thinking, oh, it should be a nice little quiet midweek build up, preview Leicester. And then obviously, <laughs> Conte wants to leave, apparently. And then he doesn't want to leave. And then, oh uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm very well, thank you.
5: Absolutely, listen, lovely to have you on, Rob. I know we've got a busy hour in store with Spurs. Never ever um, a walk in a park, is it really? There's always feels a crisis round the corner, and we always have a crisis that always means a debutant makes uh, their appearance on the last one on Spurs. So delighted to finally welcome her to the show. We've got Hannah Barlow joining us. Hannah, how are you?
2: Hi, everyone. Yeah, good to see you all and be. In such a esteemed company, I'm just a super fan, so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll go by. But yeah, great
5: to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Ricky. Our absolute pleasure. Our absolute pleasure. Now um, we must let everybody know, just so there's um, well, just some clarity on this. Hannah is eight months pregnant, so we're wondering why there might be certain times Hannah's moving about in a certain way. If that might happen, that might be the reason. <laughs> but we're also blessed to be welcoming another Spurs fan into the world. Although I'm not sure Hannah for that little one, whether he he or she we will be looking forward to being a Spurs fan. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I know. Well, it's a girl. um, And I say, when everyone asks, well, when's your baby? Do I say my Spurs fan is due on the 1st of June? Um, Long suffering, probably, but you never know. (laughs)
5: Oh, dear. (laughs) Let's hope it's the start of much trophy laden success to come for Spurs. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Guys, never a quiet week for Spurs, is it? Never a quiet week. You know, um, you always think when there's no midweek games, you can kind of drift on by and just look ahead to the next game. But such is the nature with Spurs that there always seems to be stuff going on in and around the football club. But before we get on to what's happened so far this week, just want to touch upon how everybody's feeling about the current form of the club. Jay, let's start with you. I mean, listen, the draw at Brentford, it feels like a long time ago now, but it really wasn't, only a few days ago. Um, It's a disappointing draw, many would say, kind of in isolation, although Brentford have been on really good form recently. I think they've won six of the last eight, to be honest with you. But um, I think it's just the nature of Spurs' performance at the moment that are really, really frustrating on the eye. Again, no shots on target. Spurs now find themselves fifth in the Premier League table, two points, of course, behind Arsenal, took full advantage of the weekend by beating Manchester United. Five games left to play. How do you find this battle forming now for the top four finish?
3: Yeah, look, I think the Brentford result, I actually, um, I do think it was a good result. Uh, Maybe not in terms of, like, kind of, well, you know, in, in the race for the top four and kind of Where we are in terms of the season, but I think going to a team like Brentford, they're the second going into that match. They were the second most informed team in the league, so you know that they were showing. You know, certainly it was always going to be a difficult game. I think Liverpool went there earlier this season and also got a draw as well. So I think it was a very difficult place to go. And I think in the end, a point is a good is, is a good result for us. Obviously, kind of in the context of the race to the top four, maybe it's it's not the best point. And, you know, had it become earlier on in the season, I think we'd have all been a lot more pleased with it. But, yeah, I think it was kind of the nature of the performance that was quite disappointing and, and pretty concerning. I think we're a team that clearly, you know, we, we do need that plan B. We are lacking of that plan B. I think if you look at the bench, that's the most concerning thing. There's kind of no real options to go and change it. Um and, and, yeah, I think we we clearly do desperately need that plan B. That's something that has to happen. Um, but it, it's very difficult to kind of see how that that goes about, how you find that plan B. But, yeah, that that for me is, is something that hopefully Conte is working on in trying to find different ways to play. Because when, when we play these teams that, you know, cause a bit of frustration and are able to stop Harry Kane from playing and, and stop our front line, then we, we really seem to struggle. And, you know, that's when we need to have, you know, be able to switch to something different because... You know what we did is we brought down sanchez on and you know the changes that we made just weren't weren't, weren't quite the right changes so hopefully this week he's seen that it didn't work be brighton didn't didn't change anything be Brentford and, and maybe he now sees that you know maybe something new is needed so um you know hopefully now he's, he's kind of realized that that we do need to try something new and um yeah let's let, let's see what happens in the next game if we do make some changes because i I think at the moment we kind of maybe have been sussed out a little bit mm,
5: no, I agree I think many probably know that what our 11's going to likely be? I feel everybody knows a predictable system of how we're going to set up, which I think at the moment is playing into a lot of the opposition teams' hands. I mean, Rob, coming over to you, as I kind of already referred to, you know, Spurs, they went nine goals in two games against Newcastle and Villa, and that was then followed up by two games where Spurs are failed to have a single shot on target. Do you get the feeling, as I've said there, teams are almost starting to work out the way Spurs are playing?
4: Yeah, I, I think a little bit, but I, I guess that's kind of natural. Like any, you know, there's so much research and analysis and stuff behind the scenes these days that, you know, with all the all the sort of uh, watching they do of like, you know, the patterns and that kind of thing. And also probably doesn't help as well that Conte famously, everyone like, you go Conte and he goes patterns, he's all about the patterns. So you've already got a bit of a head start if you just get the, the video team guys to just go and like look and be like, oh, okay, well, this is a move they like. Um, I, I do think, I, I think those two fixtures in particular were Probably for like a, a system manager like Conte, probably the worst kind of teams really to play because it's they're really quite similar as well. You've got but uh, you've got um, Frank and um, uh, Potter who are both really good tactically, really good at setting up a system, and they're also that kind of like mid level team who, who will change their tactics specifically to play in opposition. It's not like Liverpool man, to even Arsenal, someone like that, who'll go, No, we play our way, and we win. They they will literally make a game plan for you, and um, I think that's exactly what they did. And that they, I actually think they're probably our, our, our trickiest kind of strata team to play with Conte because it's not like a big team like City or Liverpool who play their way and leave space at the back, and it's not like a sort of like Norwich or someone who I think will try and stop us, but we can just blow them away. And and I think they did. I, th- I think that's part of it as well. They did it really, really well. I I kind of saw it coming a little bit. That was the, the the one thing I was disappointed with Brentford was the substitutions. I thought were a bit. It, I, I think after fifty five minutes, you could kind of see where this was going, and you kind of thought maybe we should do something a bit quicker. But when I think that was maybe one of the most uninspiring substitutions I've ever seen, where it was like right, we need to do something, and you look up and Sanchez is there, <laughs> and you're like, oh good, right, okay, What's, is he going to be our Ericsson? and he's going to come on and. Uh, picks and passes but yeah I don't know it, it, it just felt like one of those games you know like the cane bicycle kick at the end it just felt like it yeah. needed that to yeah. hit the post go in and go got away with one there and yeah. it, it just didn't quite happen did it
5: no absolutely not I mean it just feels at the moment coming over to you and that you know the hopes of securing Champions League football although they're still alive it feels the last couple of games have been a real massive blow to the confidence of the players confidence of the squad there, I say, from the manager, I know it's probably the first time we've seen Conte really being questioned and scrutinised over the past two games in terms of the way Spurs are tackling setting up, the in game management as well. I mean, he has kept largely the same starting lineup for the large chunk of Spurs' matches, including the last two games. Do you think Conte needs to show some flexibility going forward now with the games Spurs have got coming up?
2: Yeah, I do, actually. And I think particularly when you're setting up against Brighton and Brentford, you want to show that attacking confidence. So having three at the back and then the two, you know, um, defensive wingers, I'd actually think about instead of Davies, could you, could we have had more Could we have had an extra midfielder? Because our midfielders are also quite defensive Heusberg and Bentecourt so I think it's it's sending the wrong message fine show up to Man City show up to Liverpool in that format um but when you're when when you're playing against Brighton and, and Brentford I I, I want to see a bit more attacking for raw um and I think flexibility for sure I <laughs> I do think Conte's clever in how he plays it and I wonder um because there was a period wasn't there where he was playing Doherty on On the left, and he's got sort of no left foot, and I do sometimes wonder if he he sticks to things to make a point to levy, but that's my kind of psychological um you know thriller there because you know clearly we've got to strengthen the squad um and he's he might be sending that message to Levy ahead of the summer.
5: It's interesting you say that, Hannah, because you do feel with Conte, you know especially in the early part of the season. When he kept on persisting with Matt Doherty um, on the opposite side of what he'd be used to, you wonder if he was trying to then maybe make a signal of intention to the board. But, you know, with the situation Spurs find themselves in, I've got to say, I think it's been a massive blow not having Doherty, of course, not having on of a skip now for the rest of the season that will come on to. And, um, Jay, listen, I think Conte so far, um, he's been, rightly so, you know, fairly lauded for where he's taken Spurs to and from. Of course, we can't forget. When he came through the door, Spurs are ninth in the Premier League. I think at that point, we were five to six points off the top four. So we weren't massively off it. But the way Spurs were playing, we can't forget, he walked into the job with Spurs not having a single shot on target. A really fragmented squad, some would argue. We've definitely seen, of course, over the last few months, a real rhythm to the way Spurs are playing. And it's only been over the last couple of games that we've seen almost, again, Spurs revert back to type like the Nuno era, if we're going to say that. So do you back Conte that, you know, with Spurs now five games left to play, that we will rediscover our goal-scoring touch?
3: Um, it's interesting. I wonder whether he... I think he does need to maybe look at making different changes because I think the, the big thing at the moment is is the fullbacks or the wing-backs. I think that that's such an Im- important part of Conte's system and they're just so weak at the moment. You know, you look at the midfield as well. There's no real creativity in there. So the creativity has got to come from the wing-backs. And when you're looking at Emerson Royale and, and Sergio Reguilon or Ryan Session as the two wing-backs... You know, unfortunately, they're just not going to be good enough. I just think at the moment, there's kind of too many, you know, areas in that squad that aren't kind of built for an Antonio Conte system. So, you know, maybe he needs to kind of um, look at changing up the system in terms of maybe going for a fullback or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's, it's really disappointing. I think that at the moment, the wingbacks are just killing us, unfortunately. Just not enough quality in those areas. That for me is, is kind of the biggest worry at the moment. Um, and, and as I, say, I keep saying, you know about the plan B. I think that that's also a big disappointment. You know, we speak about the subs being so inspiring. I mean, look, look at Liverpool. Of course, they needed to um, make a change. You know, during the match because they couldn't get past Everton, they you know able to bring on a couple of players, and and the game completely swings in their favour. And unfortunately for Spurs, you know, we just don't have those kind of options to really change it up at the moment. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're kind of in that early stages as well with with Conte in terms of his. He hasn't really had the opportunity to kind of really, really to really build that squad. And um, you know, hopefully in the summer, you know, he is backed and we go and, you know, getting the players that are going to be able to make his system a lot stronger. Because at the moment, you know, having just one chance window, you're never really going to see a, a consistent, stable side because it's not, it's not a squad that's kind of built for an Antonio Conte team. As I said, no wing backs, you know, maybe a creative midfielder to come in at occasions and we can swap to a three, five, two or something, or you know, maybe play a full back. Um and have more midfielders. But, yeah, I I just think at the moment we're a side that kind of are deficient in Antonio Conte players, and hopefully in the summer we can kind of rectify that. But, um, yeah, at the moment, I just think because we're missing too many players that are key to a Conte system, I think that that's kind of why we're seeing so many inconsistencies at the moment.
5: Rob, coming on to you, listen, it's, uh, as I've said this week, from, I think, well, Tuesday onwards, we've seen reports linking Conte with PSG almost at a time when you don't need this to happen, you know, Spurs are in a situation where we've got five incredibly massive games for the football club where
3: between Tottenham and Arsenal, who whoever...
4: oh, mid question as well.
3: well we <laughs> lost Ricky.
2: What's
4: the, what's the end of the question going to be? <laughs> Who's going to make up the question. It was, it was about Conte, wasn't it? Shall, yeah. I, have, shall I have a go at answering the yeah, question? <laughs> um, uh Well, yeah, so the Conte stuff. The Conte stuff is weird because I might be reading it wrong, but am I right in saying that the thing that this French outlet got hold of was supposedly that PSG haven't actually contacted Conte, but they his demands that he'd asked for have been leaked? Is that right, Jamie? You probably know yeah, a bit more about right Well, I
3: mean, it was from RMC, yeah. RMC Sport, the French outlet, which I think was, was strange in a way because... Usually, you think that something, you know, something like that would come from maybe you know one of Conte's Italian sources, and um, I think as well, you um, know, what was it? Uh, yeah, I, I just think it was a strange one. I, I think they were kind of denying that they'd been in direct contact with Conte. I think Conte um, and his entourage have kind of done an interview today with one of the yeah. Italian media saying that they were denying that you know there was any sort of interest. But for me, the way that I kind of looked at um, you know that that whole situation is. In, in football, you know, there, there's never really any loyalty, and, and you know, of course, you're come to in, go into the summer, and maybe things don't go right for Spurs, and you know, we're not willing to go back, Antonio Conte, um, and, and or something doesn't happen. You know, he's he's then maybe light in the background, his people are just lining up something else in case something doesn't go right for Spurs. Yeah, I don't think that necessarily means that he wants to leave Spurs. I think it's again, it's you know, something you know, the club could let him down, or or, or a situation could arise where it's not going to work at Spurs, yeah. And, I think it's only right that maybe behind the scenes is people kind of working on something, something new like that. But mm. yes, yeah, um, it's <laughs> it very stressful seeing all those links. And I, I kind of have calmed down. I've definitely calmed down a little bit over it. But I
4: think it, it was your it was your tweet, actually, Jamie, that made me panic because there were those ones from like the really low tier French things. And I was like, oh, don't worry about this. And then uh, I think it was it you, you tweeted? Was just, yeah. Was, yeah, you were yeah, like, "I, I have went, to." Tweet went, this one. It was <laughs> quite a good Unfortunately, like, you what? should be worried.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a weird one because I know obviously I don't because at the moment we're obviously in a, you know I think as fans we all play our role in terms of you got to create you know, a good atmosphere at the club and, and and spreading those sort of stories. And I kind of to start off with, I didn't want to didn't really want to say anything, but RMC are quite a good reputable mm. source in France, so I was like. We, you know, they're starting to say it. We've obviously heard from other sources as well. So I was panicking a little bit. I was on the Laugh of the Spurs uh, WhatsApp group. And I was like, oh, no, this is I'm, I'm getting a little bit worried now. So I, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put those stories out there, especially at the timing as well, because, we you know, yeah. we, five games left, you know, and, and yes, it was, it was just, I, I did, after a bit, I did kind of hit the panic button a little bit, but I've calmed down now. I've I, I definitely calmed down a little bit now.
2: I definitely don't think he'll go. I think that the issue is it plays into the narrative that the, the commentary and also us as fans feel about Tottenham quite a lot, which is we're so close and then we just miss out. We've got this amazing manager and now, you know, we're doubting it. He's going to go, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of think it's a story that wants to be written, but actually I I, I can't see him going and, and, um, I mean the choice to go to it's not just about leaving Spurs. it would be right does he want to go to p s g and 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 they're sort of organized they're they're firing their way to their objective right whereas at Spurs, I think what levy needs to put on the table is here's the long term plan you know here's the package for the summer um but yeah, I mean you guys probably have more back background intel than me, but you've got to hope that there's promise of that already in the pipeline.
5: Well, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? And uh, forgive me there, I did do an Ndombele and stop off after 15 minutes, (laughs) but I am back. You know, I I missed Jay's opening line there. And Jay, I'll be honest with you, you did worry us earlier in the week when you said you know, this source (sighs) is fairly credible and it is something to be aware of. Um, Again, the thing is, you know, I know Conte now, his entourage have come out today and we're recording on Wednesday and vehemently denied there's been any negotiations, which you would expect them to do because there is yeah. a manager in charge there still, with we Pochettino. So it would be wholly unprofessional to have any sorts yeah. of negotiations going on with Pochettino there. But we have to be real, real here. You know, there's intermediaries that talk, there's agents that talk. You know, these stories, they don't just start from nowhere. So I think for Spurs, in a way, in Conte, um, it actually, I think, suits him to have that link to PSG because it gives him the opportunity to really drive onto the ball that, look, I am wanted elsewhere and I want to be backed. But I just want to know, really, from your perspective, Jay, before I go back round, I mean, because I'm, I obviously I've missed this, do, do you feel this is a link to be worried about? Because Conte really, um, if you're looking for a manager mm. that's going to go and win you a Champions League, Conte really isn't that kind of manager. If you look at what he's, you know, yeah. won in his time, I mean, you'd say Europe is where he's really struggled to really make that impact, you know? He's suffered in the Champions League, we'll be honest with you, to date.
3: Yeah, well, I think as well, um, getting through knockout football and and getting through league football, I think it's two kind of different skills. We're seeing with Unai Emer at the moment where, you know, he's had so much success in the Europa League. Of course, he's you know, playing in the Champions League semi-final this evening. But in the league, you know, his Villarreal team are only seventh. So... I think certain managers can have that know-how of, of, of setting up for one-off matches and knockout football. And some managers are able to set up their team for 36 matches and be able to be consistent. And, um, you know, with Conte, it just seems to be the case. You know, he's, he's a fantastic league winning manager. And as you mentioned, you see his record in, in European football. It's, it's pretty poor, actually. You know, I think the furthest he's got in the competition is in the quarterfinals. I think when he was at Inter Milan, he got the furthest he's ever got in Europe, and they got to a final of the Europa League. And of course, I think they lost it. Um, so you know, his, his record in knockout football maybe doesn't suit PSG. And he, and he is—he's a manager that seems to be just fixated on winning league titles, and, and that's not something PSG need. I think you know that they're a side that wants to win the Champions League. He's a side that wants to win the league. He's a manager that wants to win the league. So I, th- I just don't think they're the, kind of the right fit. But I was—I was I saying was with this link, I, I, I just feel as though. In the summer, there's obviously going to be big talks between Daniel Levy, Perattici and Conte about what the plans are going to be, about you know, are they going to go and back him? And I just feel as though, you know, if those plans were to not go right or Spurs weren't to get into the Champions League and that affects things in terms of will they go and back him, I just think in the background, his his people are probably, you know, maybe lining something or trying to line something up in, in case things don't go right at Spurs. I don't think that means that Conte doesn't want to be at Spurs. I think if Spurs were to back him, and PSG, and, uh, or, you know, there was Spurs were to say to him, we'll back you, and PSG were to offer him the job, I, I think he'll actually stay at Spurs, and I think that if he can, you know, he's done all the hard work at Spurs, I think that's the main thing, you know, it really feels like he's done pretty much all the groundwork, he's put, you know, he's mm-hmm. setting in, in place foundations, yes, I mentioned, yeah. you know, that there's a lot of inconsistencies, but I think because we're so short of being an Antonio Conte side at the moment, so, yeah. you know, he's set the foundations at the moment, he's done all the hard work, so... I think if it was to come to it, and Spurs would say, "We'll go and get you two wing backs. We'll get you a creative midfielder. We'll, you know, we'll go and bo- boost boost the squad a bit more." But PSG were to come in and say, "Okay, actually, we weren't able to get down. We'll feed the job." I, I still think Conte would stay mm. at Spurs because he's, as I said, he's done all the hard work. I, I, and I and I just don't think Conte's the right fit for PSG. As we mentioned, his his record in Europe is is pretty poor. I don't, I don't think he was great in terms. I think he did okay with Italy in terms of you know the Euros, but. Yeah, just knockout football just hasn't seemed to have um, suited him. And, and mm-hmm. I, do you know what? I really, I know a lot of criticism as well, as well surrounding Daniel Levy and, and whether he'd back him. But for me, the last season where we had a real proper transfer window, of course, that was in during a pandemic. And of course, you know, all the costs that you have to factor in with those windows We it was the 2019 window. And of course, in that year, we spent nearly £150 million. Pounds. Obviously, we spent it completely wrong. But I think, you know, I think the money will be there. And I, I do believe they will go back in now that, you know, everything's kind of back to somewhat, but pretty much back to normal now. Um, I, I, I do think they're going back in. And, and you've got to say, I mean, you look at what we did in January, hopefully our recruitment's getting a lot better as well. And Daniel Levy will yeah. look at what they've done in January with Kulusevski and Ben You know, mm-hmm. hopefully he'll, he'll trust these two, Paratachi and, and Conte, to go and get it right. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I am backing them to, to go and actually, uh, to go and back Conte and this summer.
5: Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree. And the thing for me is, I've, I've said this before, Rob, that you know winning at Tottenham in comparison to winning at PSG, even if you win the Champions League, I think you get far more credit by winning at Spurs because of the nature of just how poor Spurs have been as a mm. club when it comes to trophies over the last 20 years. We've been honest, you know, one trophy in 20 years. You know, Spurs as a club, for me, you know, you've got to try and change the mentality, not just of a team, of a squad, of a club, of a ball, you know, we're not a club that's been used to winning. And that's why I think, you know, I agree with Jamie that if Spurs back Conte, this is here the biggest project, you know, to win with Tottenham, you know, French League, if I'm being honest with you, Liga, I mean, you're going there that's to get accent. Well, you're going there to do one thing. Isn't it? it's to win, <laughs> you're going there just to win the Champions League. And, you know, we, yeah. we've seen, you know, Guardiola, look how tough he's found the Champions League to try and win it. You know, yeah. Klopp, there's been success there. I mean, but if we're honest, you're looking for one trophy that's so hard to get to. And I've said, yeah. I think for Conte, you know, it's all about really what comes down to the summer. We know there's going to be a massive ball meeting that's going to be held between Paratigi, between Conte, between Levy. They'll come to a conclusive decision as to whether they can back the manager in terms of what he wants. But you would think, Rob, that Spurs weren't stupid. Surely when they engage with Conte at the very start of this process, surely they would know what they're getting themselves into. And I think Tottenham, as Ali Gold has said, friend of the show, Tottenham are going to have to change for Antonio Conte. There's no way Antonio Conte will change for Tottenham. Do
4: you agree? Yeah, no, I completely agree. But I, I do think they're doing that as well. Like, if you actually look at what we've done uh, so far, I think we've we've basically kind of given in the keys to the car a little bit far more than he would get a PSG. Um, and you get, you know, as Jamie was saying, why he, he's done the hard work now. He's come in, you know. You, even look, you look at January, we cleared out Deli Ali, who Levy. How many times has he said that we're not selling him? He nearly went last yeah. last year, didn't he to PSG? Yeah. Ironically, yeah. Um, and then like Undombele he was the biggest and, and they just loaned them out and and you kind of think it doesn't really get bigger kind of saying okay look we, we you've looked at these you said they're not good enough and we'll farm them out in January we won't even get a transfer fee I think Deli Ali, I know he's got all those clauses that he's you know they're kind of like the clauses I put in to trick the computer and football manager because I know they're never going to hit them <laughs> um, but he, he was off on a free wasn't he? And so you kind of think, yeah, and I, I think Conte, Conte knows what he's doing. This is the other thing about Conte. Conte is, he reminds me very much of, do you know, someone who will get in a relationship and then they, but they will forget to delete their Tinder account. So every now and again they can kind of log on and go, oh, oh, I, I've still got it. I like that. It, that's, that he, just, he just kind of enjoys it. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm that sort of person because my wife is next door. Sounds like you're but... quite familiar with that, bro. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's a fine thing to do, whether you're me or Antonio Conte. But um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think he, yeah, he kind of likes it, and, and it really suits him as well. It suits him to say, okay, well, look, you know, I've got this other interest. So you better back me, or I'll go. Um, mm. And the other thing about him not, it, it not really fitting him is the, the great thing about the PSG job if He doesn't take it now, it'll probably come up again, you know, in a year. Well, this is the thing, is uh, yeah, I mean you're guaranteed at least 18 months that job will come back up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why 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 kind of do it now? Yeah, it doesn't
5: I don't think it adds up. Well, also I must add is PSG is a club. You know, if you're a manager that wants, you know, and s- essentially come over to you, Hannah, you know, some you know some element of, of major control. PSG probably is not the club for you, the way they operate. You know, you're just not gonna get that element of control. But it just coming away from PSG for a second, it just feels really, really infuriating that Spurs have got five massive games to come. Arsenal seem vehemently behind their manager, no matter, you know, from a fan's perspective, whether they like him or not. They are fully, 100% committed to Arteta. And we've got Spurs this week that there's rumours coming out about the manager's future. It feels so unnecessary, doesn't it? You know, at this time in the season where we should be 100% hell-bent focused on five massive games to come for the football club that could ultimately determine whether the club are going to end up in the Champions League. Or a lower tier European competition.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. But I I just say to us as fans, let's stay focused. Because I think I think it's kind of what I said earlier about it's the story that people want to write about Spurs. You know, oh, the the, the manager's wobbling, we we you know, we should be getting top four, but we won't. So it's 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 the yeah, the age old kind of spursy. So I think it's it, just, just got to, got to press on with it, really, and and you hope the players aren't too affected. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of kind of comms and management of 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 that internally. Um, but I'd say, yeah, it, it is unhelpful. But frankly, I, I, I think Conte's staying. I think it's, it's a load of rubbish.
5: <laughs> well, I think for the benefit of the fact, listen, we've had some kind of you know confirmation today from Conte's entourage that. The matter's closed. Hopefully that will be the end of it. Um, I think for those wanting us to go into the Pochettino debate, I think at the moment it's not really worthwhile and conducive, bearing in mind Poch is still in charge at PSG. And I think, listen, from my perspective, I want to win with Conte. I think if you look at the two managers, as though maybe one day it would be nice to see Poch coming back in some element, you know, if he was to go and win multiple trophies. If you ask me now in terms of who I want between Conte and Pochettino, you know, Conte is the far superior manager In my opinion, I'll be hoping Spurs do everything in their power to absolutely back him. I can see Jay you also nodding to that. I know you was a massive Pochettino fan, but are you of the same opinion that you want to see Conte ultimately backed throughout this summer rather than looking to go back to?
3: I I still think we're Pochettino as well. I think he's still got a lot to learn. I mean, I just remember the game against Juventus when we got knocked out by Paolo Di Bala, and I thought you know Pochettino was this brilliant manager, but you saw Allegri. You know, he, he just kind of knew, even though Juventus, Juventus' team weren't as good as Spurs, you know, just tactically, he was just knew how to kind of win that match. And I think that that's what Potts was still missing. And I think with Antonio Conte, I think he's just, you know, he's got all that experience. He knows how to win football matches. He knows how to kind of, um, you know, set up a team to kind of, you know, really succeed. And I think the big thing as well with Conte, you look at kind of when he's taken over clubs, they've kind of been in a real mess. I mean, you look when he took over Chelsea they think they'd just finished 10th the season before that. And then the next season, they win the league title. With Inter Milan, they had gone 10 years without winning the uh, Italian title. I think two years after he, uh, he arrived at the club, they got well, they got to a, a Europa League final. And then, of course, the following year, they went and won the, the league title. Um, with Juventus, I think they'd just come out from Serie B. And, you know, the following year, they became Serie A champions. So, you know, he's a guy who just knows how to build up teams, build up teams pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, you've just got to hopefully go and back him and get the right players. I mean, as I said, we've got, you know, so many areas that squad that are missing Conte, you know, Conte players, and I think we are able to go back him because, I mean, you look at kind of the job that he's done so far already. I mean, you said he came in when we were ninth. Yes, we were quite close to the top four, but, you know, Spurs we collected the third most points since his arrival. We're only just behind Liverpool and Manchester City in points collected, so it just shows you the job that he's, you know, the incredible job that he's done, and um, as I said, I, I, I kind of feel as though there are going to be lots of inconsistencies because there are so many areas of weakness in this squad. So um I think it's, you know, just seeing the some of the performances that we produced, I think it's really encouraging signs. And uh yeah I said I'm looking forward to next season. I'm looking forward to seeing what we're gonna do in the summer because I just think there's been so many promising signs of, of what's to come under content. Um yeah, I think it's you know it's just seeing how we finish the season as well and and hopefully we're in a position where we've produced enough positive signs for Conte to look at it and think, do you know what, next year I think we can add these sort of players, then then we'll be in a really good position to go and, and, and really challenge for, for trophies next season. So, yeah, Conte, 100, 100% the man for me. Mm-hmm.
5: Rob, same question to you. If you're off for the two in the summer, are you still fully backing Conte here out of the two of the managers?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you've got to. And I think, um, yeah, as Jamie was saying, I mean, this may seem a very unusual kind of like uh, sort of cross section parallel to draw. But I, weirdly, I watched the um, there's a Crystal Palace documentary on Amazon Prime and and they talk about when they, they get promoted and Holloway goes there and he's the one who gets them through the playoffs and he, he's not very good in the run up and they scrape into the playoffs. And then they just, all the players say, we, we want it because of Holloway, because he, he'd he been to the playoffs before and he knew everything and he just knew what to do. And he was like, we were so unnervous because he'd been there and done that. And he told us like, right, even on the day, like, this is what's going to happen. The nerves will kick in here. Don't worry about it. And they said, literally, that's what carried it over the line. And exactly as Jamie is saying, like with Podge, I don't, I, I, he hasn't quite been there and done that with, um, with you know, in a super high, kind of pressure situation whereas Conte has Conte has gone on these league runs he has turned teams around he has gone in and completely put this new system in and you know I think as well with, with Chelsea as well they had that bit at the start of that season where I don't think it quite worked for like the first Yeah, they, you know,
3: yeah I think um I, I remember Lee tweet uh, Lee McQueen tweeting about it, it so I think they just lost quite heavily to Arsenal at the Emirates and then he
4: That's right yeah
3: back and then um you know it completely changed and they went on to won the league so yeah,
4: yeah. you're right and, and and also I just feel like it's it, it, it's really there. That's why they've kind of got to back him. I think even L- L- Levy's really clever man and you just kind of look at the squad and you kind of go, put a bit of money in, we're kind of out of the pandemic economy a little bit. And then also you look at like Kane and Son, they're, they're kind of in their prime, they're not going to be around hmm. for a lot longer. You can't really afford to go, oh, we'll have another cycle and bring some young players in. You kind of, it, it's kind of good to go now. Like it, it, it kind of has to happen now. And I think, I think, yeah, Conte's the guy to do that. If you if you want a manager to give you a, a one brilliant season, I, I can't think of many better. Like even like Guardiola and Klopp are more come in, get a system going, you know, and take a while. Whereas I could see, I could see next year being a, amazing under Conte, and I could see, you know, it'd be great with Poch as well. But I think he's maybe he's maybe if this doesn't work and he's around, then you kind of think about it. But yeah, it's got to be Conte.
5: Do you agree, Hannah for you? I mean,
2: oh, definitely. Three out of three. And and look, we've got to remember is there a choice? Because Nuno went, fired him. (laughs) Mourinho fired him. You know, we're on the third now. So it's also it's also is is there really a choice here to change this up again? Because agree, yeah. Fans, you know, it's not what we want. Conte has been brought in to deliver, he's a great manager. Um, and and it's time to sort of back him and, and kick on, I think.
5: Totally agree. I mean, maybe I'll just keep on reiterating the point that uh, to PSG, Conte's won three of his past 15 Champions League matches. Maybe that kind of uh, gives it absolutely crystal clear. There, there is an irony in him.
4: There is an irony, isn't it? We're trying to get fourth to keep Conte, so we can play yeah, yeah. the Champions League, which is notoriously record, terrible. At
5: <laughs> three of the yeah. fifteen games, What's there to worry about. Maybe it's all about the Europa Cup. Maybe it is all about the Europa League. Who knows? Let's hope it isn't. God, let's hope it isn't. But guys, what we will do is we will go. We will go for our first break of the show uh, for our listeners and audio
0: Powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey.
5: For our watching audience on YouTube, there's only two to three hundred of you watching us live. So thank you so much for all of your support on the Champions League night as always. Thank you so much for that. Right, guys, let's turn our attention um to a bit of uh, news from the club today. Um, we know that's come out on a statement that Spurs have confirmed Brian Carey has left his position as head of recruitment at the club, so quite a senior role. Um, he actually, yeah, I mean. Left by what we understand mutual consent. Um, there's been obviously several key changes being made by Spurs and Fabio Paratagi in the build up for what seems to be a very busy summer. Jay, the talk is that Paratagi, Spurs are on the lookout for somebody to assist him ahead of the summer. So already Spurs laying some
3: groundwork. Yeah, I mean, look, we obviously kind of wanted to change our approach anyway by getting in a sporting director in Fabio Pratici. I think that that was quite a good sign that, you know, obviously wanted to kind of go in that direction. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I can't have to admit, I can't speak too much about this guy. I don't know too much about him. But, um, yeah, it just shows that obviously for uh, Pratici, he's obviously trying to work a certain way. And maybe these people, you know, kind of don't see in line with with what Pratici is trying to do in terms of maybe bringing in new players and and kind of the recruitment side. So, no, I, I think it's going to be interesting um and then of course with, with whoever Pratici brings in is, is his number two will also be interesting you know again we saw um you know Steve Hitchin I think leave leave a couple of months ago so obviously there's you know real changes in terms of the recruitment that we're doing um I mean you have to say you know recently our recruitment has been pretty poor obviously January aside you know maybe changes were needed and, and maybe this is a good thing so um no I'm, I'm interested to kind of see how we're going to operate in the transfer window now and um yeah, I, obviously, as I said, I can't speak too much about this guy and, and kind of the role that he plays. But uh, no, it's, it'll be interesting to see how recruitment goes from here on now.
5: Rob, do you got a, an opinion on it for you? I mean, listen, the guy's been there for six years, a guy that's been there for quite a long time. So for Spurs and obviously for him to make that decision, that obviously he's no longer um, mm. required in terms of surplus requirements. You just feel that already Pratagy might be getting some, yeah, some status there and really putting yeah. the wheels in motion for a busy summer, fingers crossed.
4: Yeah, I think so. There was that that um, that uh, report, wasn't there? I can't remember. It was a couple of months ago. Where it was like has got in and he said, we need to overhaul the whole the whole system. So it's, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. People are probably going to make way. I, I was thinking like, you know, I, I don't remember signing-wise how far back six years go, but I, I mean, absolutely no offense to this man, who I'm sure is a lovely mm. guy, but I don't think it's been the greatest six years of recruitment at Spurs. So I don't think it, you know, I, well, I don't, I'm not sure yeah. it'd, be, it'd be a job he'd be leaving on his CV. I think that'd be one of those where you sort of be like, "Oh, and no, I'll just pretend I went on a gap year for six years." Then, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, we've famously got quite bad recruitment, haven't we recently? Mm. So I think definitely we've got to make changes. No, basically I mean, yeah. over the past five six years it's been bad, But that's not thinking at him personally. No, but, um, no, no, exactly. That's yeah, it. You yeah, kind of, if yeah. you're judging him on results, that it, mm. you know they haven't they haven't been brilliant. If mm. if he was the man who paid ten million for Jack Clark, then. Uh, you know, I think we'll be all right. Mm. It's well, interesting. I think
2: that was the funny myth of Spurs, that, it, that that we don't spend money, but actually we were. We were just spending it really badly. Mm. So if there's a bit of churn on the recruitment side, um, it's it, it's probably a quite a good thing.
5: Mm. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's one we'll keep an eye on, of course, and we'll see um, if anybody, yeah, I say we actually understand, somebody coming alongside perhaps to help him, which can only be a good sign, right? I mean, I think we all know the club needs to invest in several areas. We've said about wing-backs, potentially left-sided centre-back. You then look really at midfield again. There's a need for a creator in there. We spoke about, of course, Ericsson on the last show. Maybe again an alternative striker to Kane. And, of course, you know, with the five substitutions next season, you feel again that there's going to be a real need to have extra players in that squad, quality from the bench that can change it. And unfortunately for Spurs, one player they won't be able to rely on for the next, well, remaining weeks of the season is Oliver Skip. His season, unfortunately, is now over. Jay, I mean, listen, Conte all along in his pre-match press conferences, post-match press conferences, was really hopeful that we would see Skip again this season. Just how much of that is a blow when you consider the last two games and the real lack of invention and creativity Spurs
3: have shown in that midfield? Yeah, uh, he has definitely been a big loss for us. I mean, you know, I would love to have seen him in there alongside Benson Coor. I think that that would have been a really great partnership. I think, you know, Hoi done has done pretty well in certain matches and, um, you know, he does do a pretty good job in... In that midfield but I think if you look at kind of the role that Oliver Skipp's played in, in that squad and, and the step up that he's made this season has been really impressive so I would love to have seen more of Oliver Skip, but um, yeah as well just in terms of his injury um, I think it's obviously caused a lot of frustrations but it just seems to have been a you know an issue where you know something obviously I, th- I think he got a, a, an infection during you know his surgery so you know, it's it's, a, it's something that the um you know the physios and kind of the medical staff at Spurs maybe can't really control and and I know they obviously get a lot of criticism for that but I think you know it's obviously a very complicated issue that he's had so um it's it's obviously hugely frustrating that we've lost such a such a key player um and, and you know hopefully he comes back next season and um you know stronger and yeah I'm just I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him next year I think he's going to be a really key player for Spurs I mean I put out a tweet as well about all the, the, the managers that kind of really speaking very fondly of him. You see Mourinho saying he could be a, a future Spurs captain. Pochettino was was speaking about him when he was 18, 19 years old and, and saying what experience he played with. And now Conte as well was a was manager who's always spoken very highly of him. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a very key player for Spurs for years to come. But to have lost him this year, I think it's definitely been a, a big blow for Spurs because I, I, I definitely think, you know, having him in that midfield alongside mm. Benzicke would have, would have been really, yeah. really good.
5: Yeah, agree. I mean, coming over to you, Rob, when you look at Spurs' win percentage, you know, in comparison to with and without, of course, Oliver Skip, you can see the real difference he does make in that midfield. And I think, again, not wishing to overanalyze the past two games, but you do feel if you had a player of Oliver Skip's ability, and he's still a young guy, but just signed a five-year contract, you just feel he's a great option to have to be able to change the game, potentially, to start games. And Spurs aren't going to have that option between now and the end of the season. How frustrating is that, Rob?
4: Yeah, it it is frustrating because he's he's also one of those. Conte always goes on about he has his like players he can trust, doesn't he? And and he seems like he's he's really a, a player he can trust in the same way. Just for whatever reason, like he just clearly just doesn't fancy like Bergvine, who you know I thought it was crazy that he only came was it like eighty something minute he came on against Brentford, yeah. Um, and yeah, he just obviously for whatever reason. Whereas Skip really feels like one of those that he'd go, okay, we need to change the game. I will bring him on early, like and and maybe shift the formation around and also also it just it, it just be exciting to see kind of how it, how he plays into context I don't think we've actually seen him play that much have we like I remember um I, th- I think he had didn't he have COVID he was one of the later ones getting COVID when we had the breakouts we so didn't come back into the team for a bit longer or something I can I can't remember him starting that many games uh so it'd just be great to see where he like where he fit into the into the Conte system and you know, he he looked like one of our better players under Nuno. So, you know, it'd be great to see him with Antonio Conte teaching him his patterns and stuff. What what kind of player. That, that's the other thing I'm excited to see what kind of player he is, because he's a bit yeah. of a he's a bit of he's good at every he's quite good at everything. Um, So it'd be good to see like what kind of, you know, player Conte molds him into. Does he do more of a box to box? Is he more of a sitter? Is he is he like a, a ball carrier? Because he can kind of do all those things. So that'd be interesting to see, yeah, how Conte used him. But yeah, it'd be great to have him now just to, to mix things up a bit, as you say. I think I think yeah. he started in the, the reverse fixture against Leicester. Conte went went, uh, went like three in the middle, didn't he? And it was Skip Hoyberg yeah, and Ben. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if he would have done that again or, or, or what his plan would have been.
5: Mm. Uh, Hannah, come over to you. We understand, obviously, again, he's undergone the surgery in America. So obviously we wish him from all of us here a very speedy return. Again, I, Robert said, "There just how effective he can be for Spurs, and by mm-hmm. not having him now, there's now going to be a real reliance on obviously Bentoncore to try and create. You obviously, then look at what's alongside him. Bier is a bit more of a, a well, I would say he's a player that is obviously more breaking up play rather than we're relying on him for his ability in terms of taking us forward. Harry mm-hmm. Winks again, I know, um, really does polarize opinion at the moment. So again, I think Harry probably is of the and um, well." I think he's obviously understand that probably he needs to move in the summer because you do feel whenever he gets on the field, he's already got the fans when his back before he even kicks a ball. Yeah which is a real shame because obviously um yeah, it just seems to hasn't worked out from here. And I think for all best parties involved, probably Harry needs that move. Is this putting massive pressure now on keeping Benson Cool and Hoybier fit for the end of this? well, fit yes. between now and the end of the season?
2: It is, and 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 that was going to be my one point really it's a depth of squad Skippy because we, we don't actually really know the kind of player that he will be in this new setup and with these new signings we're going to see new people coming in in the summer again so it will just be so interesting to see how he does establish himself you know from September new season onwards Um, but I think it's it's crucial for that depth of squad because yeah as you say Wink's it hasn't worked out um, he's likely to move on so having Skip whether he whether whether he would start in in front of Bentecourt or Heusberg, I don't know he wouldn't for me
6: um,
2: and, and and then whether he has a, a kind of place in that midfield or whether we want to go and get a kind of more attacking as we were talking about kind of Ericsson type flavour I think there's a question mark there. So for me, I'm really interested to see where he might fit into that. But I think crucial for for depth of squad and yeah, potentially exciting to see him back come August. Yeah, absolutely.
5: I mean, it's just a, it's just a real shame, you know, to not have a player that ability to call upon. And as you said there, it's going to add real, real responsibility. And also again, it, it's a concern that, you know, with the players we have got left in midfield now, can they cope? Is there going to be enough invention ability to change games because Spurs, to be fair, although it is now just one game a week, there's real emphasis now in those one game a week to make the difference, make things count. I and mean, we can't bring ourselves to say they're all cup finals because Spurs don't win cup finals. So we have to keep calling them FA Cup fifth round ties because Spurs seems to do well on the <laughs> FA Cup fifth round ties rather in cup finals. So we shall wait to see. Um, talking about uh, cup, cup ties and playoff ties. Um, interesting, what's come up this week? And I think I've seen this that there's a there could be a potential North London derby playoff should Spurs and Arsenal's results match. Now um, we know, of course, there's less than a month of the season to go. Uh, Jay, listen, there's still lots of different well games to play for both Spurs and Arsenal in yeah. comparison to obviously how those fixtures will meet. But um, again, we should add this, that should the two sides finish on the same points, uh, I think same goal scored, then it would essentially go to a playoff game and neutral venue. Maybe I'm looking too far ahead here. Um, how do you feel about that?
3: No, I mean, it's. I think one, one North London derby is going to be bad enough. But um, yeah, yeah I, I certainly wouldn't fancy another one. But uh, no, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that Arsenal game. I think that, it's going to be such a, a, a fantastic atmosphere at the stadium and as well. I think it's it has been a pretty difficult season for Spurs. So to kind of have that one really big match where it feels like there is, you know, something really big on the line. And of course it is, you know, I think getting into the top four would just be massive for, you know, potentially Spurs really kicking on under Conte, you know, having that attraction of Champions League football. So I think to have a massive fixture like that's going to be so key for Spurs. I think Spurs fans, you know, we've waited a long time for, for a fixture where so much is kind of at stake. So... I'm, re- I'm personally really looking forward to that game. As I said, I just think the stadium's going to be fantastic that evening. Um, you know, I really want all the fans to kind of really be behind the team, you know, make that place a, a really horrible place for Arsenal to go. And um, yeah, it's, I, as I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that picture. But uh, no, for me, one's definitely, one Northland Derby is definitely enough.
5: Yeah, I must just uh, correct uh, correct myself there. So um, this, obviously, in order for this to happen, uh, both teams would need to finish on level points, same goal difference, and have an identical head-to-head record. Now, obviously, the combination of those three do seem very unlikely, but, you know, who knows what's going to come in these next five games. I mean, Rob, for me, I'll be honest with you personally, I was not looking forward to going to this ge- look, not looking forward going into this game unless Spurs were four or five points ahead of Arsenal. I mean, that's looking very, very unlikely now, if I'm being honest with you. So um, the thought of the two teams gaining on either level points or Arsenal in front of us really does worry me. Do you have an opinion on that in terms of yeah. How, yeah, how you feel with the both well, teams coming up against each other? Uh,
4: well, yeah, I kind of, I did start on, on sort of like Monday, I was kind of looking at, you know, looking at the run-ins and going, okay, well, what do we need to do? And like Liverpool game's probably a write-off. So um, so the, that the, the tricky thing with the timing of it is, I think, because we've got Liverpool just before, haven't we? So yeah. say we well, both win our next couple, I think we'd go in 5 points behind but they then have I th- and I think it's their hardest game left other than us is uh, Newcastle on M- Monday night football Newcastle's last home game of the season yeah um and Newcastle in I think in 2022 they'd be second in the league or something man Yeah it's they've like, almost they're... been quite yeah. unbelievable anyhow
5: been... and,
4: that, and that's a hard one so I, do you know what I'm 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 preparing myself for going into the North London derby like behind them but um yeah oh, I couldn't handle two of them I couldn't handle can you imagine it in neutral venue as well and it's like would it be Wembley oh, oh my no. God.
3: yeah I, I think the thing as well is if we do go behind you know i mean it, we could quite easily be a couple of points behind you know i think yeah. they as much as I think you know they're probably going to drop you know each team's going to drop points and and maybe in games that we don't expect to be dropping points I think in their next games you should i think against West Ham given the circumstances going on at West Ham at the moment with with uh, limited players yeah. and then of course, uh, I, they should beat Leeds at home. You'd think on paper they'll win that game. And, uh, you know, maybe we don't get the thing from Liverpool. The only thing you could say is we go into that Arsenal game, we do win that game. And, and maybe that is a big psychological boost for Spurs. And, and maybe we can make up that, that gap. So, no, it's, it's, it's going re- to be a really interesting uh, run. In yeah. And uh, I think there's mm. going to be points dropped for, for both teams. I think just both teams at the moment are kind of in form where just so unpredictable. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting finish the season. Mm. Yeah, I mean,
2: not. A, a, we don't want this to happen, but going in as the un, as the underdog or a couple of points behind might not necessarily be a bad thing because we're going to go in up for the fight. <laughs> Whereas when you go into a game with something to lose, knowing
5: mm. Spurs, you know. So... Well, it's funny, Hannah, because we, we certainly can't control it when it's in our own hands, can
4: we, by the looks of it? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. neither can they, though. But can it. they... Because they were miles True. ahead and then we mm. caught them up and then as soon as we got in front, we them, you know...
5: Spursed I don't know, you know, it up, where, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I know <laughs> many people commented on this West Ham game the weekend for Arsenal. I can only see an Arsenal win there. I think West Ham have got their mind fully focused on that Europa League and maybe rightly so for them. Of course, it's, uh, listen, to get to a final be huge for that club. But, I mean, at the same time, West Ham, I think they got very limited on centre-back options as yeah, they've well. They've got no
3: centre-backs, I think, now. Because yeah. yeah. they played, I think they played three centre-backs on the weekend and two of them were wing-backs. And, of course, Dawson got it, sent yeah. off, didn't he? So, mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they put, certainly had a bit of luck, I think, Arsenal.
5: Mm. Say. Yeah. Out of interest, Hannah, to stick with you, you know, Harry Kane has come out and said this week that Spurs need to win their remaining five games in order to yeah. finish in the Champions League. That means going to Anfield and win. I mean, I can yeah, already hear the laughter track in the background. I mean, we're seeing the way Liverpool are playing right now. I mean, although it sounds crazy and people are going to laugh at me, I do fancy Spurs for some bizarre reason to get something there. You know, we've, you know, the weird thing about Liverpool is we always seem to play well there and we never get a result. You know, the last few years Spurs have been very unlucky to not get results there. But, you know, under Conte, I've got to be honest with you, the one thing about Conte, what I will say is unlike any other manager, I do go into every game believing Spurs can win it. And I haven't really done that under, you know, maybe since Pochettino, when Spurs were in their peak Poch prime where they were getting results. Conte definitely makes me believe that we can get a result anywhere. But when you look at Spurs, where they've got to come, obviously Saturday 7th of May, Liverpool, 12th of May, Arsenal, Burnley on the Sunday the 12th, uh, sorry, Sunday, May the 15th, but a 12 kickoff. kickoff. then Norwich, the last game of the season. I mean, can you see Spurs winning all remaining five games?
2: Uh, unlikely. But I, 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 I 100% agree with you on Liverpool. I think we, out of all of their fixtures as well, are the, are the team most likely to take... Mm points of Agreed. them it's yeah. always a spicy game it's always exciting there's always something you know a penalty a card you know that happens um so I think yeah we've got a chance and also I mean we're losing against Brighton but we've taken six points of Man City this season so you know Sanity, I, yes. I think Sanity. we can't we just can't yeah. predict it as Rob was saying it, it's it's mm. unpredictable um, I was slightly disappointed. I think Chelsea hate us so much. They kind of I let agree. us win, didn't totally they? Totally
5: agree. Yeah. I must say that week, I mean, this is just the one thing. I know people, you know, Arsenal fans, some of them are getting absolutely carried by that week. But they've played a Chelsea side that have effectively, for me, kind of thrown the game by the section they put out. Then they played one of the worst Manchester United sides in the last 20 years. And I'm really not exaggerating, Jay. So when many are making it out to be a wonderful week for Arsenal... I thought I've been massively lucky the way those fixtures have fallen because if Chelsea were in need of actually getting a result and having to win that game in order to yeah. either stay in a title race or qualify for the Champions League, there's no way they would have rolled over the way they did for that game. Do you agree? Those two it's, fixtures.
3: It's bizarre. I mean, to be honest, I, I, it does sound like we are a bit salty. But I mean, honestly, you saw that Chelsea oh, performance. It was just—it it was, was truly shocking. I mean, to perform yeah. like that at home was was really bizarre. And and to be honest with you. I was kind of expecting it coming into the match. I saw the team lineups and I was like, I-, "I know exactly what's going on here. I can just see three points coming from a mile off." And um, yeah, I mean, you saw the Manchester United performance as well was was oh. truly shocking. Of course, they missed the yeah. penalty at um, uh, for, for potentially two all as well. So you know, they have had a lot of luck, but. The, the the concern maybe is that they, they you know they have got that confidence now um you know regardless yeah, of how two massive perform, results for them there is there is, you know, that, that, that is still yeah. two big results I think they'll supporters and the team will look yeah. at it as we've just beaten Chelsea away and we've just beaten Manchester United so mm. um, yeah they, they could very much be the case that they have got some confidence now but I think I think they'll come up against sides who. I think Leeds is going to be a really tricky game for them. I think that that's a game who aside who have really been pulled back into that relegation battle, and I just think that you know they, they're just kind of, they've got so much to fight for, and you know maybe a more stable team. I think Manchester United, although the, on paper they've got better players, I just think they're so unstable at the moment. I think the same with Chelsea, of course. I think yeah. their their last two home matches were the big defeat against Real Madrid and the big defeat against Brentford as well. So going into that match, so. You know, they were two teams. I think that were going into those games against Arsenal are pretty unstable, and uh, I think I think they've definitely got some some tricky games coming up as well. I can't remember who said it earlier about the Newcastle game. I think, yeah, I think it was Rob. I think that's the one say. game that we, we just feel yeah. if there's
5: ever if there's a chance for a team to take points off a Newcastle,
3: St yeah, James's Park. yeah, under the it. lights as well. I think that that's going yeah. to be a really really tough game for them. So, yeah. uh, and of course, yeah. you know, but we we would have played that weekend, wouldn't we? Uh, we played Burnley on the earlier yeah. on the, on the Sunday, so. Well, again, that, um, I've got to say I'm terrified for that one. Only at twelve o'clock, but uh, no, I, th- I think yeah. it's 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 going to be really interesting. I think Spurs and Arsenal are going to drop points in matches where maybe they're not expected to do so, and uh, I think it's going to be so unpredictable. And although it's it looks like it's in Arsenal's hands, there's going to be so many twists and turns. We've seen how quickly it can change in a week and a half. I mean, you know, as I said a week and a half ago. I think it was it was all Spurs, and and yeah. um, you know, Arsenal win a win a really difficult place. So. It's gonna, it's gonna be so many changes. I think in in the next couple of weeks. Mm.
5: And I must add just a caveat: is I know there's not all Spurs supporters watching this, as we can see from some of the comments coming through. Um, I, I can't get away from the fact that Spurs, you know, there's no excuses from our perspective. You know, we've dropped points against Brentford. Or to be fair to Brentford, on a good run, but Brighton, you know, although they beat Arsenal, uh, I don't think Spurs can have any complaints because they're two games that listen. If Spurs want to be playing Champions League football, you have to win those kind of games, you really, really do. So I mean just find this out. I'm gonna to go to Hannah for well, I'll go to Hannah first, then I'll go back to Rob. Hannah for you, um do you still believe Spurs can finish in that top four based on the fixtures that are remaining? Oh yeah,
2: you've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to have the hope. Um it, yeah, I think it's all to play for as we said, Arsenal are looking unpredictable as well. Mm. It's a Spurs Arsenal race um to that fourth spot now so yeah we, we've got to go for it haven't we um yep. yeah it is it is it's mad isn't it the t that the tv gods have set us up in this way though oh, um it's
5: going to be so tense oh my god that game i agree agree it does
3: honestly feel like almost like a cup final or like yeah it really oh. does because there, there is so much to play for and as i said yeah. i think Spurs, you know, the last couple of years for us have been really difficult. Of course, we did start really well last year under Mourinho, but that obviously well faded off. But mm. I just think Spurs, we've been so starved at that massive you know, massive occasion. I think that game really will feel like kind of a, a cup final. And I just think the atmosphere is just going to be mm. unbelievable. I think there will certainly be some nerves as well from from both sets of sports as well.
5: Yeah, I think the only thing I would say is that I think whoever does get that top four finish, I'm not sure if you agree that Yeah, I think that is the opportunity to really then build. You know, for Arsenal, you look at them, young manager Arteta, they know they need to be strengthening. They'll look to, you know, again, push on in the summer. Again, I know fans are not fully behind him as to whether they believe he's the right man. But for Spurs, again, it's an opportunity if they get top four to really consolidate, give Conte what he needs, what he wants. Because I've said it before with Conte Conte is not coming to Tottenham to just finish in the top four. Conte wants to win a league. This is the difference between the mentality that Spurs have had in the past with managers. And this is what worries me a little bit, because Conte isn't coming to Tottenham to just have the top four. He wants to win a league. And I I think this is why Champions League is so pivotal to this, because he didn't attract the kind of players that can help Spurs get there. Do you agree that this is really a defining period for the club these next five games?
4: Oh, yeah, massively. Well, I think obviously, just monetarily, it's how you know you could just put in probably an extra 50 million into the transfer budget straight away uh, in the summer. And then the thing as well, which I just keep noticing on like, um, you know, stuff like daily hotspur, is Arsenal and Tottenham get linked to the same targets. It's always yeah, Arsenal it. and Tottenham are chasing the same player every single time. Um, and you just think that's if if that's what it's going to come down to, you know. You think in the summer, whoever it is then gets the Champions League is going to have the pick of those, you know, five or six targets that we're supposedly both looking at. Mm. Um, And that could kind of and, and then also I do just think it's the mentality of the next season, isn't it? Where it's like Europa League, the group stage really feels like a chore at times, doesn't it? Where it'll be like you'd be like Thursday night. We're going off to Sparta Prague or somewhere like that, and you know it's uh, it, it's like the stag do competition where you've been on a stag do in 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 the places uh, that, that it's been, but um, and and it's you know Thursday night and then all your games get moved to Sundays, and and uh, and it just feels like a slog, and then it doesn't get exciting until about like you know the quarterfinals. We go oh we could like a bit like West Ham where you'd be like oh we could maybe win this, um whereas Champions League like those group stage midweek group stages Champions League. In the new stadiums, been away for what is it three years now? It, it you know the first time one came around, it'd be like it'd be massive, as opposed to Europa League would feel a bit like oh, here we go again. Well, we're off to Slovenia, right? Okay, yeah. let's let's go and play Slovenia. Slovenia's league champions, but um, yeah, I think it'd be huge. Just the mentality, everything, everything would be massive. Yeah. Totally agree. What we will do is we will go for our final break of the show
5: for our listeners and audio. Taking that break, you're going to hear from an old friend, Jake Watson, of course, former Love Sport, uh, joins us as he gives us his view ahead of Leicester to come. And we're also joined by Tom from Leicester City Fan TV on audio who gives you their thoughts ahead of the game against Leicester to come.
1: Hello, Ricky, and hello to the rest of the guys. Great to be back on the pod. Hope you're all doing well and uh, enjoying the season. Uh, pretty close now for for you guys as far as... That race for the top four, and then I'm just going to go straight in, actually, and and talk about why this should be the perfect opportunity for for Spurs to pick up three points this weekend. Because I don't know how else to say this, we couldn't care less about Sunday's game, and I know that may seem strange or in some way defeatist, like I'm I'm preparing myself for for a defeat to protect myself from a defeat, but. In all honesty, it's the truth. Um, we've got a huge game on Thursday evening, uh, the first leg of our Europa Conference League semi-final against Roma, which to us, to Leicester, is absolutely everything. Now, of course, if we go and lose that first leg, four or five nil, and the tie is is completely dead and buried, then our views and, and and thoughts about Sunday against you guys may well change. But you know, that's probably. Unlikely. So what you'll see is Leicester going hell for leather for Thursday against Roma and come Sunday. It's very likely. I'd be I'd be frankly amazed if Brendan didn't make more than eight or nine changes for the game against Spurs as he protects them for what will be the second leg out in Rome next week. So it is a great opportunity for you guys, and I'm aware that for Arsenal as well. They're in a similar boat, whereas they take on West Ham, who are also playing in Europe in a semi-final this week. So they will also make lots of changes. So, you know, for this this top four race, which I think we can be fairly certain is between Spurs and Arsenal, you've both got a great opportunity to to pick up three points. But it's no secret that both of you have been stumbling as of late, as it feels like uh, it gets closer and closer. Maybe both teams a little bit nervy. About it, um, so maybe this weekend is a is a huge telling factor in terms of which one of you is more likely to to go the whole way. But look, Leicester will make changes; they absolutely will do. And also, let's not forget as well, Leicester's record against Spurs is absolutely horrendous. I actually I was I was, I was speaking to to Mr. Paul Coyte, who I'm sure many of you guys know, who I work with on Talk Sport about Leicester and and Spurs games, and uh, I always dread these games because we we, we never win. I have a feeling um, you guys may be able to correct me if I'm wrong. The last time we did beat you in the league was, was the year we, we won the title. And of course, earlier in the season, we were beating you um, with nine seconds left of the game and somehow managed to lose that one. So if we could avoid a repeat of that one, that would be absolutely wonderful. So um, I'm going to pick a, a bit of a starting lineup for you. I suspect Casper Schmeichel will still play in goal. The back four will completely change. Um, I'd imagine that... Uh, the European team will be Castagna, Ricardo, Fafana, and Evans. So I'd imagine against you guys, it will be James Justin, Luke Thomas, Caglas and Dana Marti. Uh, midfield will be a little bit harder to predict because the likes of Kieran and Hall and Yuri Tienemans have played pretty much every game and at some point they are gonna need a rest. But um we haven't got a, a huge amount of depth in those positions. But I'd imagine Papi Mendy um will play in in holding midfield and then maybe Bubikare Sumare comes in. Picking the other one is is a little bit difficult and uh, he'll rotate the winger, so it will probably um be Lookman and Madison, and then maybe either Ian Atch or Patson and Dacher up front. So um, I'd be hugely surprised if you see Jamie Vardy, Wesley Fafana, or Johnny Evans, and the the rest, I think, kind of picks itself. So that would probably be, again, a, a 4-3-3 formation. And, uh, yeah, as, as far as that result goes, predicting it, I have said already, and, and, and trust me, I'd, I'm not just saying this, I'm really not too bothered. I have very little... Um, expectations of getting a result in this game Um, but of course look I can't come on any podcast and and predict a a Leicester defeat so I will say a very valiant and uh, hopefully quite boring game in which Leicester pick up no injuries so let's say a a one-all draw Um, you guys
0: take care and hopefully speak to you soon powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey.
6: Hi guys, hope you're doing alright. This is my view and the prediction on the Spurs versus Leicester game coming over this weekend. Firstly I'll start with kind of the probable lineup, mainly because it's probably the most predictable to guess. Obviously with the Roma game coming up midweek, we have a bit more of a rotation kind of basis on the team. Um so the likes of maybe Johnny Evans and Fafana won't be in that team coming into the Sunday Sunday games against Spurs. I would say you'd see a back line completely change from the Roma game. So I'm guessing more like the Luke Thomas, the Marty, the Siunchu and probably maybe a Castagna or maybe a James Justin at the back. And then midfield, I think the midfield doesn't change at all from, from each week because they kind of... The choice of picks we've got in the midfield at the moment. So obviously, Jude Bellingham will be probably starting with Tillemans, Madison, and then it goes into the front line, which is a bit of a tough one with how we have been playing at the moment because we've not been scoring many goals. So I'd probably, I'd probably edge on saying maybe a Perez start because the last few games he's been playing, he's done well and he's he's one of our rotation players for when people need to be rested through the midweek games. And then I'd probably, I'd maybe say Luckman on the left. Normally Barnes does start for us, but I'm guessing he'll probably start midweek. And then you'd want somebody to come in in that place to keep keep him a bit of a rest from the midweek game. And then up front, this is the tricky one because Vardy has got back fit. And I'm guessing he will play against Roma. And if this is after the Roma game, then you'll see if he has or not. But I don't know if he would start so quickly after the midweek game. Um coming to come into the Spurs game, don't get me wrong, I'd happily like to see him in that team to start, but I think it would be someone like a Dakar or a Kelechi to take his place and then use that sort of Vardy role, um, and in the substitute kind of minutes, and like the 60 or 70 minutes, and hopefully maybe get us the goal. Um, but yeah, next we'll go to the tactics, usually, I think tactical formations are the kind of it comes together because, obviously, depending on what formation you play, it's just how the tactics you play. In the last few games, in the Premier League anyway, we've been playing a lot more width style of play, so going down the wing backs and then going to the wingers. Instead of going more through the middle, we're, we're using the using most of the width that we can. So we, we can only play like a or 4 or uh, 4-2-3-1 in the fact that Barnes and... A Perez or Barnes and Luckman on the wings get get up the get up to that corner 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 post on the opposition's half and then they try and either cut uh, cut in or chop in and try and get that cross in, But it's a difficult one because I don't think that's that sort of style has worked the last few games because we just not we're not we've not got that striker that in that sort of Vardy other than the last game that really shows the quality when it comes to goal scoring. So. A lot of fans that I know wants to go to a two striker formation, and it's just an issue because I would say that, but I don't think Rodgers would do that. I'm sorry, but I don't think he will. I think it might be our best chance to start winning a few more games, but he just he hasn't. I don't think Rodgers has got the bottle to go for it. In the case of attacking wise, like I say, there's a lot of people that want to go for it at the back or slash five at the back with the wing backs, and then two strikers with the kind of central ten role in the middle with Madison. Um, but we, we, I think, the, like I said, the predicted lineup will be a, probably a 4 or 4 2 one with Mendy in there. For the, i say another one, Mendy, for another Premier League starter in the midfield, he'll probably be in there because, indeed, he's obviously out for the season as well. Um, and then, obviously, going forward to the result, I've never been to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the new one anyway, I've been to the um, White Hart Lane, it was a good atmosphere. It's going to be a hard one because it's obviously a new stadium. It's a big, big ground to come to, and I think we won there last season. I th- I'm pretty sure we won there last season. I think we won two nil. Was that home? I think I was away. Yeah, I was away. We won last. We won two se- nil last season uh, when no no fans could really go. But I take I take a draw. I would take a draw, but I really my heart says a win. And it's, it is doable, but I just don't think we'll have enough to get the win. I think it'll be a draw and I think it'll be one all. But appreciate you uh, inviting us on. Jay,
5: let's start with you. I mean, Leicester, they're in this situation where they've got very little to play for domestically. They find themselves 10th, 10 points, 10 points off a European place. And that's a European Conference League place, I must add. And yeah. 16 points behind Spurs you know, Leicester's tail off this scene has been quite remarkable. I mean, they come off the back of a draw, a goalless draw against Aston Villa. Um, what should we expect in this game, Jay? Is an opportunity for Spurs to play the style of football they would like to against a side that hopefully will allow them to do so?
3: Yeah, I, I think it will be kind of more of an open game. I think Leicester are a side that will look to attack, so maybe you might see a bit more joy. And um, I think they might be slightly less resistant as well because they've got a bigger game to worry about. I think they'll, they'll be goal guns blazing for that conference league. A semi-final match and I think that that's where their focus will be. So, you know, maybe it'll be a frustrating start and they'll try to keep us out. But I think, you know, maybe coming into the second half, I, I, I kind of feel it as though it might be kind of like a, the, the similar case, the way the Newcastle game went in terms of maybe they kind of tail off towards the end a little bit. Um, but no, I, I think that this has got to be a game that Spurs have to win, especially you consider the circumstances that Leicester have around with the Conference League. So, Yes, it has to be three points. And you just hope now that Conte's realised, you know, that Brighton game wasn't a one off because we followed up with an equally poor performance against Brentford and hopefully he makes the necessary changes. I mean, one player I I think that, or one certainly area of the team I do think we need to change up is, is the right wing back. Unfortunately, Emerson Royal. I mean he it was just uh it unfortunately for him it was it was a really poor performance and I just don't think he's he's a player that can continue in the team at the moment. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of um, gets around that situation in terms of maybe finding a new right wing back, or, or um, you know, or do, maybe being a bit creative, or whether he he looks to change the, the formation we're playing. I think as well, you know, it would be love to have gone to a three five two. Of course, that's something that has brought success, and I think Rob, you mentioned earlier as well, you know, we played the three five two against Leicester in the reverse fixture, and it it worked really well. But I mean, we we just don't seem to have the options to do that at the moment. So. I hope I, I feel like we do need changes, but it's also difficult to see how we're going to make those changes because our squad at the moment, and you know, with injuries and obviously lack of options in general, it's it's kind of difficult to see how it changes. But as I said it's got to be three points, of course. With um, you know, given given that Leicester are, are going to be focused on that Conference League
5: game. Mm, I mean, coming over to you, Hannah. You know, Leicester they've drawn their last two games, but also have drawn three out of the previous five. Do you think Spurs will be tempted to almost change that system slightly? You know, there's been I mean, we've already been speaking here, you know, maybe looking at potentially bringing in somebody like Bergvine in, you know, to play him and deploy him as a wing-back. And again, I know these options, Kulisjeski maybe dropping in back Then you're losing those as a forward. The only thing I would say again is that I would imagine Conte by now, "Ah, has probably tried this in training. You know, I can't believe he's not tried these things out in training and must feel it doesn't work. Otherwise, surely he would have seen it by now, right?
2: Yeah, also, we've got to remember that team that showed up at Leicester in January obviously we won but it was right to the wire but that was quite a different team so I'm just looking at the lineup now we had Skippy, Winks, Tanganga, Sanchez playing so actually the the setup that we've got now is quite a different setup for this Leicester squad and as others have said they're going to be tired from tomorrow's game um, and, and yeah, I think, I think it's in our hands. I think it's all to play for. Um, I can't see Conte changing it, frankly. Um, I think he hasn't really so far. No. Why would he start now? Mm. Um, particularly for, the, for for that point that I just made.
5: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, again, we must just caveat that and add Leicester, of course. Um, they have a crucial semi final um, that they're obviously in the midst of. So, whether hopefully that's on their mind, you know, again, Vardy is back for them. So, it, it's interesting. We'll come up to you just how Leicester played this one. As we've said, you know, they're 10 points outside the European places. So, in terms of Premier League status, you know, they're not going to be dragged into a relegation battle, but they're certainly not going to be dragged in either to a European uh, race in the last few remaining games. So it's whether their mind and full emphasis will be on obviously other matters like, of course, the Europa Conference League tie and maybe whether they keep an eye off the Premier League. What do you think going into this one, Rob? I
4: think, um, I, I agree. I think they'll rotate. He's rotated massively, hasn't he? And the other ones yeah. that have been in between the two legs, he's really rotated. Um, so I think I think they'll just be all on that. And then also you kind of look at, you know, I think we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, didn't I, that the like... Uh, uh, Frank and Potter are, are, are good, good managers for coming up with like a specific game plan against like you know a Conte system, whatever. I don't think Brendan's really like that. I think he's a bit more. He, he kind of has his own little system, and I, 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 I mean, you know, I said we'd get top four a month ago, uh, and, and we'd be we'd do it quite easily. But I, we should really be looking at like this. This should be fairly comfortable. You'd like to think. You'd, I feel like I think Conte won't change the team. I think I think he'll keep the starting lineup the same, and I think he'll only change it if it gets to like sixty minutes and it's it's nil nil or we're down. But I think I think he, he's just got to set them up, get out there, and you just need that early goal,
5: or early shot. Then
4: Leicester come out, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Early That's shot on target. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what? That's the other thing I'd like to happen. Just from kickoff, on someone just absolutely smash it Deliver from it. miles away, and be like, "Bam, there's the shot on target!" Right? Let's go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I think I think Leicester are probably the perfect team for us to play right now. In that it's mm. it's it's not like a Norwich where we kind of almost get inside our own heads and expect to win. it's fairly decent, it'd be a good win. But yeah. as you say, on the beach, only focused about the Conference League. I yeah. think. And and it feels a bit like just as a fan, you're a bit like you know what if we don't if we don't win this, then we don't deserve fourth, and we're not ready. For I, it. I totally so, agree. Listen, we can't. Yeah. Brave,
5: we we can't beat in the three games: Brighton, Brentford, yeah. Leicester. We do not deserve Champions League football, and, and I must say that you know we really really don't. Leicester, as I mentioned, uh, Jemmy Vardy expected to be back fit. Whether they play him or not, another question. Um, you know, Bubaka, Bubakari Samare, Ryan Bertrand, Wilfred and Deedy continue to miss out. So there's some key players out there for Leicester. Jake, let's come over to you to start the prediction. Jay, will Spurs get back to winning ways and actually have a shot on target?
3: <laughs> um, do you know what? I, I think Rob made a very interesting point there about how maybe certain managers will set up for other teams. And I think he's re- very much right there with Brendan Rogers. I think he will play a particular way and he will kind of stick to his guns. Um, I think with, with Brentford and, and Brighton, they are two tactically very good sides. And, and you, you know, they'll be able to counter Spurs. And we saw that in both those games. You know, Brighton completely nullified our attack and, and Brentford did exactly the same. I think with Leicester, it will be a slightly different match in terms of, you know, they'll play their way of football. So I think that that will definitely suit us. And again, I just think that the, their involvement in in, um, in the Europa Conference League semi-finals, either side of that match, is, is going to be very big as well. Um, so I, I do kind of fancy Spurs to get back on uh, to winning ways for this one. I'm going to go for 3-1, but look, you have to be getting three points uh, not not just to you know keep pace with Arsenal of course, but I just think because of the circumstances of this game yeah. surrounding Leicester, you, no excuse no excuses for this one. I think yeah, three points absolutely
5: fantastic. Hannah, let's come around. Here. You've been a blinding debut, been a great great debut. <laughs> Hannah, Thanks. what are we going for?
2: Well played. Um, I was going to go three one as well.
5: wish you? Okay. Yeah, I was. 3-1. I was. Sorry, I
2: just copied you. But I well, think listen. it will be. Um, I think Sonny will get one, and I'll go uh, two for Kane. There you go,
5: Kane yeah, back okay. on the scoring sheet. Love it, Rob. Well, I'm also gonna. I, I'm gonna go for two one, and I'm gonna be there. So I'm really looking forward to it. Rob, are you gonna make it a full house?
4: Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going two 0 I'm gonna go two 0 I think, I think, yeah. Uh, I th- I, 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 do you know what? I'd, l- I'd just like a straightforward win. Wouldn't that absolutely. be nice? Just a straightforward nice. one. Not, not even like yeah. the Villa one where it was like Never. the first half we were getting hammered. It's like just a straightforward win would be great. 2-0.
5: Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Like I, say? I think we need to get back to winning ways, especially, again, that will bring it down to four remaining games for Spurs where building up to that after games we discussed is going to be absolutely huge. Well, guys, thank you so much. Great show as always. Lovely having you on. Jay, we've got to keep our eyes pulsed. Where can we find all your content coming up?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, as you can see, Daily Hotspur on Twitter there. Um, and then on Twitch as well, I've been doing uh, live streams before the games, kind of looking ahead to the team news and, uh, you know, reacting to that. Um, I, I haven't been able to do it as kind of consistent as I wanted because obviously I'm going to the home match as well. So, um, yeah, kind of just keep an eye on Twitter in terms of when I'll be doing that. But obviously, in, you know, when the transfer window comes out, I'm sure there'll be uh, lots of Notification shows. Notification well. bells on.
5: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and hopefully, a very busy summer in store for Jay from the Daily Hotspur Fingers crossed. Jay, lovely to have you on as always. Like I say, looking forward to having Jamie back on. I look, I've gone through consistent in the summer. Rob, lovely to have you on. Where can people hear about your news views on Spurs? Where can we find.
4: Oh, yeah. All your views you on those- follow me on Twitter or Insta at Radio Rob Howard. That'll do it. I, I, I would like to talk about it more on Capital, but they sort of want more Harry Styles news as opposed oh, to. I can't
5: believe that. <laughs> Shall we play Sesson on
4: at right wing back? <laughs>
5: How dare they even not yes, even leave Spurs? The cheek of it. I mean, do you know what I mean? Oh, dear. Lovely having you on, Rob, again. Thank you so much. And no, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely fine. Lovely having you on. And Hannah, lovely to have you on for your debut. Where can everybody find your views and thoughts on Spurs?
2: Yeah, follow me on Twitter, Hannah underscore Barlow 44. Talking about Spurs, a bit about politics, a lot about my pets. <laughs> <laughs> it's all great content. But yeah, thanks for having me, Ricky. I've loved it.
5: Pleasure. Lovely having you on. Well, guys, you you too. From Jamie, from Rob, from Hannah, myself. Guys, keep safe, keep well. Fingers crossed Spurs are back to winning ways. We're back on Sunday for post-match reaction as always. And fingers crossed, come on you Spurs. Sports
0: Social Podcast Network